Counting calories is out. Weight loss is an internal game, what I like to call weight release, and it all starts from within. You're listening to Confidence From Within, a podcast for women ready to feel good about their bodies, rediscover their confidence, and share their brilliance with the world. I am your host, Juliana Lehman, mind-body weight release expert and lifelong health seeker. And I am so pleased to have you here. Let's get started. You're listening to episode number 51 of Confidence From Within podcast. And as always, I am your host, Juliana Lehman. And my very special guest today is Renee Hughes. And we talked about the importance of releasing our emotions. You all know I love the term release. And Renee came to talk about the release process in relation to our emotional wellness. And the whole concept of detoxifying our emotions is how she describes as the way for us to make actual permanent change. We went over so many different aspects of that, but we really looked at that the very first step in her work and how she helps her clients release emotions is to first shed light into the problem, acknowledge them so that we can actually get in touch with how we truly feel. She also talks about essential oils and how they can play a role in emotional wellness, the actual mechanisms of how they do so, which is very interesting. And she also gave us her take on self-care, a more deep and profound way to look at it and how self-care is the key to helping us transform how we feel. So let me properly introduce it to Renee. Renee is a nationally certified professional aromatherapist and certified holistic health consultant. She works with professional speakers and coaches who want to create a holistic lifestyle with more meaningful self-care routines. From relief of anxiety and stress to eliminating sleepless nights, she has helped those incredibly busy people move through major mindset shifts and health transformation. Using the chemistry of essential oils, aroma tapping, and breath work, she is able to help her clients uh, create balance between home and work life while honoring their bodies through nurturing healing processes. Her intention for her readers, students, and clients is to give them the tools to make positive changes and the power to recognize, appreciate, and relish all the intricacies unique to them. Here is Renee. Hello, Renee, and welcome to the Confidence From Within podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Really appreciate the invite. Yes, my pleasure. And I'm looking forward to this conversation. I know it's going to be such a treat. And to get (laughs) us going, how do you define confidence? That's such a good question. Confidence for me is really... Uh, something that's so deeply internal. It has everything to do with just how we see the world, how we see ourselves, how we feel about ourselves and others. It's a perspective. It's feeling comfortable, um, even when 
others may not understand you or where you're coming from. If it's being able to be excited about something and celebrate, even if no one's celebrating with you, to know what is special about you and others, even if nobody else sees it and being sure about that. Um, To me, that's, that's true confidence. And even if you're hearing something negative about yourself or about a situation, sometimes we get so worked up in our, in our disagreements and our feelings, but when you're confident, it just rolls off you like water because you know what's true. And so it's so much to do about perspective. I love it. That inner knowledge, that inner truth, right? That makes us unshakable. I love mm-hmm. that. There's such right. like beautiful versions of confidence that I've seen, but I really love yours, uh, <laughs> which is, you. I think, a great segue to what I would love to talk to you about today. And I know you have you know, so much knowledge in the aspect of aromatherapy and emotion. So I really want to kind of go deeper into that. And uh, something that I've heard you say is that our emotional state has a lot to do with what we believe to be true about ourselves and others in the world around us. So to get us going, explore that a little bit deeper, like how can we put that into perspective? Yeah, I, I love to use the example um, of myself. So I was partially raised in uh, Michigan and partially raised in Alabama. So there's this stigma sometimes around the South, right? If you live in the U.S., you know that there's, there, there's that stigma. But when I, as I was growing up, I was this Black girl who loved country music. <laughs> and I loved everything about the country. I love the South. I think that Southern women are classy and I I love everything about it. That's my perspective. That was my experience. Even though I grew up in in a time when people did not appreciate a chocolate little (laughs) black girl, you know, but I appreciated me, you know? And so I had, that was my perspective. So now fast forward as an adult, if someone is having a conversation or someone says to me, oh my goodness, you have such a Southern accent or you're from the South or they say something about the South because of my perspective of it. I feel nothing but pride. I feel nothing but good. And I'm like, yes, I was partially raised in Alabama and my dad was raised in Alabama and I'm excited, right? But if my experience growing up was shame and a feeling of uh, ignorance, Believing that 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 was true, that people, that feeling, that idea that people have and had uh, about people in the South, that they're ignorant. If I was embarrassed or hurt as, you know, a, a young Black girl in the South, my perspective of it would be um, of pain. So now you fast forward to my adulthood and somebody says, oh, my goodness, you're from the South, you know, um, or, you know, you have a Southern accent. Oh, I didn't know that was your your background. Now the feelings that come up are of shame and of hurt because of my perspective. So when I say that, it really has to do with what you believe to be true. Yeah. A person cannot hurt you on a subject that you don't believe it's true. You yeah. can you can be aware that they're trying to hurt you. You can be aware of their perspective. But when you don't share that perspective anywhere in your being, and you know for sure what's true for you and that, um, 
they cannot, it's what you said earlier, it's unshakable. Nobody can take it. Nobody can take it. It does. You can be in prison. <laughs> you can be anywhere in any situation and be fully full and confident and whole in any situation when you know what is true for you. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. It's I, like I literally had this conversation last night in one of the programs I was teaching. And it's that concept that nobody can push a button you don't have, right? But if you have the button, then it can be pushed. That's so right. <laughs> uh, so it's just a very timely that you mentioned that. This episode is brought to you by the Weight Release Shift, a program that I am so excited to share with you. And actually more than a program, this is a partnership in which I join forces with you to take you on this incredible journey, which is weight release. Together, we will explore all the necessary mind shifts to get you to places you've never been before, as well as learn what is going on with your hormones, especially as you transition into later phases of being a woman. All of that combined with tasty, healthy, super easy to make foods and recipes to help you balance hormones, eat for your needs, and release excess weight in the process. If you're curious or ready to learn more and join me and all these other wonderful women on this journey, I encourage you to apply at the link below to learn more, visit naturallyjoyous.ca slash release. And I look forward to chatting with you and getting to know you better. So going back to what you just said, from the little girl with this beautiful perspective on herself to the new version that you just said that had different perceptions, what changed from you know, the little girl to now the major shift that, that made you have that perspective shift in terms of how you saw yourself being from the South? You know, I never had the negative perspective. I never, never, it, I didn't embody that. I was aware that other people had it. I was teased for being dark skinned. That was something that people did do in the South. I was given compliments by a lot of white people who would say things like, oh God, you're such a pretty little black girl. You know, almost like, that's so unusual. <laughs> and I can remember it upsetting my mom and her telling me, because I would say, thanks, you know, and she would say, you know, it's not a compliment. And she would explain from her perspective, they are, you know, surprised. They're saying like, you're unusual, you're special, you're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're black and you're dark, but you're actually pretty. Wow. And she was trying to instill that in me because that's kind of what she what she felt. And I understood it. And um, I'm sure I do carry some version of that. But I never it just it was just it just is what you just mentioned. It was a button I didn't have. Yeah. I knew, you know, I appreciated what I looked like and where I came from. So I never had that. But now if you have certain buttons that you were because we all do. And I certainly have them. I just happened to use an example of one that I, I, I never had. <laughs> yes. But I certainly have those things where I can be crushed by a comment. But I understand because of this work that of where that's coming from. So if you have something 
that you are triggered by a comment or by a look or by circumstances. Um, what changes that is changing the belief about that thing. Yeah. So it could be about your weight, which is one of my things. You know, people, or if they, they can compliment you, it could be a really nice compliment. Um, my husband and I live in Jamaica. Jamaicans love heavier, especially women. And so the compliment you get is, oh, you look so fat and nice. And all I hear is fat. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, I don't want the, I don't want that portion. But how I've been able to shift that is changing that core belief about what beauty is, mm -hmm. about my beauty, about my body. And yeah. when you work to change that core belief, it goes back to removing that button. So you can have yeah. a button that's triggered, but you can also remove that button. And so that's what I've been able to do in the, in the situations where I needed to, to shift. I love that. And it's interesting, like even in the work I do with weight release specifically, the whole point of difference there is that instead of trying to get rid of pieces of ourselves, it's a lot more about acceptance of the different versions that we have, the qualities that we seek, right? That's um, right. And everything goes back to that core belief system that that is really the root cause of all of the above, right? Right. So, for a woman that has some buttons that are being triggered and it could be weight related or otherwise many other areas, of course, what are some steps? So what is your maybe like top level of your process for shifting those beliefs on a very true sense? So it's not like putting a bandaid and pretending we don't care. Cause when we say we don't care, we normally do care, That's <laughs> um, right. <laughs> but to truly start shifting those buttons so that they are no longer there. Like what are some yeah. suggestions you have? So I came up with a, I created a method called the moot makeover method. It really helps to shift the core beliefs, but what it really is, is it's removing the barriers to the things that I believe that really create inner peace and um, true confidence. For me, it's spirituality. It's my relationship with my creator. Nothing replaces that. That's, that's my belief and feeling that as humans, we need that. And a lot of people incorporate it into their coaching, but I don't because it's such a separate higher thing. What I do in my program is to remove the barriers. So there are a lot of ways that we can nourish our soul. To me, that's the top. We also have our families. We also have um, people that we can connect to, purpose, belief systems that really nourish us. But what happens is there are barriers to it. So here we are going through life and going through situations and relationships kind of numb. And just what you mentioned, going through this thing, well, I don't care, I don't care, that doesn't bother me because we haven't uh, acknowledged anything. And we don't even know, you know, that we are disconnected. Mm -hmm. And so the process um, is to first acknowledge to find out because what happens is we become so skilled at hiding it and putting it to the back of our mind and yeah. saying it doesn't matter and saying, oh, no, I'm okay. Or saying, oh, no, I shouldn't think like that. I shouldn't feel like that. But you do. And so acknowledging, acknowledgement is the first step to releasing the stagnant energy and emotion that keeps us from absorbing what nourishes us, what changes us, what causes us to grow. 
And so my process is all about acknowledgement and release of stagnant emotions, letting it go, letting things go, which we cannot let go until we acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. We have to be vulnerable with ourselves. Um, I ask my clients to be very vulnerable with me. It's not an easy place, even in the mirror, to say, yeah. this hurts. I feel terrible. I feel less than. I feel ugly. I feel like I'm not smart. I feel like I'm living in the wrong skin. I feel like I'm living in the wrong time period. Like I'm so lost. And it's difficult to to look in the mirror and say that. Like I feel off. It could be about our spouse. It could be about our children. We could be in a situation where we are supposed to be happy. We have all the things Mm -hmm. that everybody says makes you happy. We've got beautiful children. We've got Uh, parents who are still alive. We've got a wonderful spouse. We've got money. We've got these things. And then you say, I'm supposed to be happy, but we're not connecting with those things. They're just there. Right. But then guilt can cause us to not ever acknowledge it. Who wants to acknowledge that they don't feel connected to their beautiful child? Nobody wants to say that they don't, nobody wants that to be true, but sometimes it is. And it's not because you're a terrible person, or it's not because um, the people in your life are terrible. None of us are perfect, but it's because of needing to acknowledge and get rid of detox. You know, you you know about this. I know you help your clients with this. So, you know, if, if you're helping a client and they they say to you, um, I you know I'm going to eat all this junk food, but I will have the water and I'm going to have the salad. I'm going to eat the junk food. I'm not going to stop the junk food. I'm just going to put the good stuff on over top of it. It doesn't work. Right. It doesn't work. We have to come to some kind of a balance, maybe not perfectly, but we have to, in order for the nourishment to take place, there are things we have to get rid of in order for us to be nourished emotionally, just like physically, if we're not pooping, guess what? At some point we're going to get sick. Mm -hmm. We ever gone a month without pooping? probably nobody (laughs) because you get really, really sick. We have to release toxins. We don't release toxins. We will be ill. What people don't understand is the emotional toxins make us just as ill physically and emotionally. So we have to release. And so that's my process is acknowledgement and release so that we can be nourished by all the good stuff. That is fantastic. Love the concept so much. And the acknowledgement is amazing, right? Because it is truly like very hard to do. But once you (laughs) shed light on it, a lot of times, even the magnitude of the problem sometimes shift just by the acknowledgement piece, right? But then as you complete that process, it's very much like an emotional detox, like from the way that you described it. And um, I love that. Like I used to say like a long time ago that it's almost like we can put like garbage in bags, which this is like an analogy for pooping, actually. Garbage in bags, <laughs> but if the garbage truck doesn't take them away and you put it back into your garage, eventually, even a week later, that's going to stink up the place, right? That's and right. Kind of bring that analogy to emotions as well. That is such a powerful concept. Um, so for, so in terms of somebody that is just not very aware of where to start, so say that they have lots of fears in their lives that are a little bit um charged or active 
Is there some recommendations in terms of how do you know what is the biggest domino or do you start with something small? Like what is your um, advice in terms of where to start that acknowledgement phase? Yeah, I really, that's such a great question. I really um, start with my clients something very small. Whatever comes up for them is what I say. And when I say what comes up, it's what you're thinking about right now. As you're listening to this, there's something you're thinking of that you say, yeah, I, I wish that were different. And it may be more of a subconscious thought. You know, it's that second voice that we hear. We have the front voice that says, I'm fine. I do good. Oh, that's, that's cute information. That's cool. But then there's the second voice that says, but I'm, I'm not fully happy here or there. And so what I do is help people to listen to that, that secondary voice that's talking, that self-talk that we only hear like very subtly, but to let that come up. And so I use aromatherapy and aromatapping to kind of help people to just kind of even get in touch to what, what is it that they're feeling? What is it? And we, when we start small and I'll usually just ask them, what's coming up for you? What are the thoughts? What's happening? What, what, what questions do you have? What feelings, what memories are, are, are coming up? And sometimes it comes up for them in big ways, but sometimes, especially at the beginning, oftentimes it's very small. You know, it's a memory. It's um, a picture. It's like, I don't know why, but I see a, in my mind, as I'm just thinking, you ask me what I'm thinking and I see, you know, a gate, a black gate. I don't know what that means. I've never had a black gate. And so I encourage them, don't worry about what anything means. We'll get to that. You know, you will get to that. And really, I guide them to help them to put those pieces together. I never have a precon uh, preconceived idea of what anything means. The clients are ever able to put that together themselves. And it, it really does start small with whatever is coming up you know, for you, whatever your mind is, is bringing to the forefront. It's almost like, I don't know if any, I love bathroom analogies because I feel like it's something we all share and you can't get around it. <laughs> but, it, I, you know, if you've ever like really, really held for a long time, if you live on the island or have ever lived on the island, there are times when we might be out and about and there's no place to really use the restroom. And you may even try it because we live in a rural area too. So there have been times where, you know, people are used to it. They'll use the bathroom outside. And when we first moved here, it's like, I couldn't, like it, it wouldn't happen. It's like your body knows where it is. Or another thing that's similar to that is when you go on vacation, have you ever noticed when you go on vacation, sometimes your body gets stagnant. It's like, it won't go because it realizes, Hey, I'm not, I'm not home. I got to wait. I got to yeah. hold it. It's like the gut has its own brain. Oh, yes. And so sometimes that happens with the emotions. It's like I, there, there has to be a safe space created so that the body can say, oh, it's almost like you told the brain, hey, okay, we're about to deal with this. Yeah. And it says, boom, it takes it from the back. It puts it to the front of your brain and say that, that right there, that's what I've been dealing with underneath. And it'll just come up, but just because you've asked it to come up. So it's just like, you know, when you're in those situations and you can't go to the bathroom, but then when you get home, all of a sudden, oh, okay, now I'm home. I'm ready to go. And so that's kind of what this, what, what happens when we give ourselves permission to work on things, it'll, it'll just come up for us. And then the acknowledgement starts and the process starts to release. 
Yeah, that's wonderful. And let's talk a little bit about aromatherapy. So from even like looking back at I was born and raised in Brazil, and I lived there until I was 21 years old and now in Canada since. And one of the things that I do remember coming from a fairly unsafe environment is how acute senses of smell and hearing used to be for me. Uh, anywhere from like, you know, say for example, not that that was my experience in Canada, not in Brazil, but say there's a fire, sure. you can smell it before almost your brain comprehends what's going on, right? Uh, mm. At the same time, on a more positive note to that, you know, say you smell, I don't know, the scent of baked cookies. And for you as a child, that meant time with grandma and all those beautiful memories. That scent can invoke so many memories, right? Mm -hmm. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, the power of aromatherapy as it relates to modulating emotions or opening up in a safe space. Yeah. So um, aromatherapy is really powerful in that it works in two ways, um, primarily. One is the sense of smell. And sometimes even an aroma, like one that's a favorite is sweet orange. Everybody loves sweet orange. And it's one that actually has been studied to be better at being an antidepressant than most medications. It is powerful at that. Um, some of that comes from memory and what it means to you. Like the, the example you gave of the fresh baked cookies, it just reminds you of something. That is part of it, just the pleasantness of the aroma. Hospitals are using it more and more, even like after surgery, yeah. just to settle people and to help them to um, feel familiar, like they're at home. It helps with nausea, all of these different things. So it is, it is the, the, the part of our brain that, that deals with memory that it does affect. The other portion of it is, and what we love and have found to be true, even if a person can't smell, so unfortunately, some people have lost their sense of smell due to COVID or they have other issues. Aromatherapy still works. Mm. And the reason that it still works is because the effect is twofold. A lot of times people think, oh, it's just a nice little relaxing thing. It smells good. So it puts me in a good mood. But what makes it different from those cookies that also can put you in a good mood yeah. is that the chemistry, the plant chemistry is what's so profound. And you can inhale that even if you cannot smell. And you can put that on your body and it will absorb into your bloodstream and go throughout your body and affect your central nervous system. So what we're seeing is that it's helping to people to balance that parasympathetic sympathetic mode so that we're not staying stuck in that flight, fight or freeze that we're able to go flow in and out of parasympathetic and sympathetic mode properly, that our central nervous system is stable. And sometimes we need that chemistry because emotional um, turbulent feelings are not always just that, oh, I'm a negative thinker. Sometimes it's chemical, sometimes it's trauma. Um, and the oils help on both levels. So it helps when someone's dealing with the memory and they're trying to release some of those bad feelings with, with connected to it. But it helps also on a chemical level. And that is what's really, really important for people to understand that it is real chemistry that's helping. And it goes right into the brain, uh, the limbic system, and even the cortex, we're finding. 
So your decision maker and that seat of emotions are both affected with the oils. That is wonderful. I saw some research and this is like around 2016. So this is a long time ago. Uh, mm -hmm. And some universities were trying to extract some of those you know, chemical compounds and see if they had their benefits isolated. And the benefits were nowhere near the actual oil in combination with all the many, many different molecules in almost like working in synergy with each other, right? And I think there's mm -hmm. this beautiful innate intelligence to nature that is like uncomparable and unduplicatable, <laughs> if that's even that's a word. Yeah. And, really, and I love what you said about even if you don't have a sense of smell that you can still, because you're really absorbing the chemistry and that is really what's acting upon right so that's very interesting that's it. Mm -hmm. um, and my final sort of question on the topic for you renee i would love to hear your perspective on the term self-care and how mm -hmm. can somebody incorporate you know what you just said about you know aromatherapy and working on their emotions to start a building a self-care routine because i know a lot of that word is tossed around a lot mm -hmm. right in a very yes. superficial way so give us a deeper meaning to that word i love that question because yes we hear self-care so much and it means so many different things it can mean for some people just shopping online, just taking a day off, getting a massage. But what we have to understand is that the self-care that is going to shift who you are internally is going to change your chemistry, is going to change how you interact, interact with your family, with people that you love. It's going to allow you to feel love. It's going to allow you to no longer be afraid of success. That's going to allow you to embody confidence that kind of self-care is work <laughs> and it doesn't feel like getting your nails done or, you know, having some cookies or something like that. Those are band-aids. They're temporary and there's a place for them. There's definitely a place to just bitch out on Netflix <laughs> and just, you know, there's a place for that. But when you're trying to create real change, permanent change, lasting change, you got to go to work. And it's similar to uh, one thing that I think people can can understand is if we're physically trying to change something in our body, we all know that we can't, you know, eat salads for a week and work out for seven days straight. And look at me, I've, I'm completely changed. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that's not how it works. So it's the same thing with our emotions. It is a daily habitual thing and intentional on purpose, that you are doing something to address your emotions, how you feel, how you think, and you're, you're aware, you're changing your awareness, you're changing your habits, and you are working very specifically every day towards that. So you're using the oils, you're journaling, you're using affirmations, you're doing whatever those things are that you have set up so that you can genuinely change from the inside out. And it's not going to be enough to just say, I'm beautiful, I'm special, I'm, that's not enough. We have to acknowledge and release the things inside of us, those belief systems that are harming us and holding us back. And until we do that, um, we're not going to be well. So that is the type of self-care that, that I do. 
Yeah, I love it. It's a much deeper understanding of it, but also from a shift is a much more mm -hmm. meaningful true shift, right? Because, you know, I'm pretty yes. sure that we can go get our nails done or do retail therapy, whatever people say. <laughs> but if the core is unchanged, the next day you're just like back to square one, essentially, right? Exactly, exactly. No, that is... That's wonderful. And for those listeners uh, that would love to learn more about you, what you do and where to find you, give us all the details. Well, you know, you can find me um, at ReneeHughes.com. So that's an easy way to, we've got so many links and I, I know you'll provide those, but we actually are having a free workshop August 10th. It's a three-day workshop and I'm going to teach the makeover method. I'm going to talk about psychoaromatherapy, mm -hmm. um, epigenetics, which is something that more people are getting familiar with, yeah. um, psycho, psycho neuroimmunology, how our emotions affect our immune system. So we're going to kind of get into all of that. We're also going to talk about the three core principles um, that I teach in a makeover method, and we're going to do it. We're going to actually accomplish some things. Whenever I, I do these workshops a couple of times a year, and every time people have major shifts and even are able within those days of the workshop to begin repairing relationships and feeling better about themselves and making decisions that they were afraid to make before. So it's really powerful. It's free. It's three days. It begins August 10th. Mm -hmm. And you can also register for that at ReneeHughes.com. And you can also find me at the Aroma Specialist. So either one of those uh, pages will get you to me. That is wonderful. Thank you so much for your time, for your expertise, and you have such a beautiful perspective. And I think one that I know women are ready for to go deeper and make those real permanent changes and work on their emotions in a way that's not just needed, but also pretty unique and special. So I'm very grateful to have you here today. Um, and thank you so much for everything you share with us. Thank you so much for having me. I've just loved it. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to Confidence From Within. If you enjoyed this episode, take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at naturally.joyous and I will be sure to tag you back. I would also love for you to leave us a review on iTunes so you can help us support our show. Stay healthy and happy and until next time.